the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Stand Up For Jesus with your host, Craig Nedro, founder of Craig Nedro Ministries and Stand Up For Jesus. Our focus is to reach out to the lost and witness about the transforming power of Jesus Christ and calling on others to stand up for Christ and His Word, proclaiming that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. And now, Standing Up For Jesus, here's Craig Nedro. Welcome to the program. This is Stand Up For Jesus, and my name is Craig Nedro. And on the program today, we are going to continue the teaching series that I'm right in the middle of right now. And that is a teaching series on my new book that was released a couple of months ago. The title of that book is You Can't Handle the Truth, What's Really Happening in America. And I know that's a little bit of an odd title. Uh, My purpose in writing this book is to create dialogue about what's really happening in America. And my intention in the book is to the, we take 14 different topics and address them and look at them through the lens of what does God's Word have to say about this particular item or this particular subject. And, I, I, you know, I, I have to, I've said this before, but I want to say it again. I make no apologies that I, that I am a conservative Christian. I am a, I'm a businessman. I'm a father. I'm a grandfather. I'm a husband. And I consider myself a patriot. I love my nation. I'm in my mid-60s, and the, one of the biggest concerns I have is that the, the nation that I grew up in is no longer the nation that I live in in so many different ways. And as I w- kind of stand back and observe the state of the nation right now and, and where we're at and how we've gotten here, <clears throat> I'm really concerned about um, – what are we going to look like as a nation if Jesus doesn't come back soon and get us? What are we going to look like as a nation in another five years, another 10 years, another 20 years? And, you know, those those programs, those DYI programs where you'll see a, a before and an after picture, uh, I like to watch those programs with my wife, <clears throat> and it'll show an old house, and then after it's been remodeled, it'll have a before and after. Well, I, I know what the before picture look like looks like of America but nobody has been able to really paint me a clear picture of what the after looks like. And in my humble opinion, the after is not going to be a very pretty picture. And so that's, you know, the title of the book, You Can't Handle the Truth. I think a lot of people uh, obviously are uncomfortable talking about some of the things that we address in the book. A lot of people don't want to, don't really want to have the conversation. But I think it's a conversation that has to be had. Because otherwise we look up and we just go, oh, my gosh, how did we get here? And we're at a horrible place. And we're kind of at that place right now. And so I titled the book, You Can't Handle the Truth. It's based on that famous line from the movie A Few Good Men with Jack Nicholson and Tom Cruise. Where in the open, There's a scene in a courtroom scene where Nicholson is on the stand and Tom Cruise is kind of hammering him with questions. And at one point, uh, Jack Nicholson says to Cruz, what do you want from me? And Tom Cruise uh, turns around and shoots back and says, I want the truth. And Nicholson says, 
you can't handle the truth. And I, that's where the inspiration for the title of this book. So it's called uh, You Can't Handle the Truth, What's Really Happening in America. And so once again, my, um, my goal with the book is to look at 14 different topics and look at them through the lens of Scripture. What does God say about this particular topic in relation specifically to America and where we're at as a nation? And I also want to take just a moment and, and mention something else, and that is that, you know, on this program, Stand Up for Jesus, I'm in my 15th year on the air here at The Word. And when I started the program many years ago, it was never my intention to have a radio ministry. And, um, you know, God's plans are different than our plans a lot of times. And so it was never on my bucket list to have a radio ministry. I, I will I will tell you that I love being on the radio because to me, it is such an awesome privilege to come into a studio and sit down. And I don't know who's listening and who's not. It's really none of my business. That's above my pay grade who listens. But to, I love to teach from the Word of God. And to be able to sit down and in front of a microphone for an hour every week and open the Scriptures and to be able to teach from God's Word, not knowing who is listening, but just to be able to get still and get quiet and pray and study and then teach from the Word, to me it's such a blessing. And I love doing it. I'm in my 15th year on the air, and I <clears throat> I want to thank the Word for continuing to run my program I also want to thank to all thank say thank you to all the people who listen to this program, whether this is your first time or um, you you've listened many many times. I I really appreciate it, and I want you to know that it doesn't go unnoticed to me when I hear from people and they say, "Hey, I've been listening to your program for a while," or "I really enjoy listening to your program." I really enjoy your teachings. It means a lot to me, and I just want to say thank you to everybody out there that listens. So. On the program today, we are going through the book chapter by chapter, um, and I'm not trying to sell books. I've mentioned this before. Um, I, you know, I, obviously there's a cost to writing and publishing a book, um, but I'm not trying to make money off um, trying to, to sell books. Um, the book is available on Amazon. It's available through Barnes & Noble. And I ask people if you can afford to buy the book and you want a copy of the book, please go online and buy the book. But I also mentioned that if you can't afford the book, there's a phone number at the end of the program. And if you sincerely can't afford the book, but you'd like to have a copy of the book, I'm happy to send you one. So the number that you hear at the end of the program, if you'll text your name and your address, um, I, I will we'll send you a book because we're not we're not trying to make a profit from the book. And all the all the money that comes in from the sales of the book goes to either buy more books to be distributed or Bibles to be given out in the prisons and in churches. Uh, we try to support a lot of different types of ministries. Um, my only point is I want the book to get out so people can have a dialogue. And, and uh, I, you know, my teaching style, and I'm going to try to be careful with my words here, my teaching style is pretty bold. Um, I never personally want to offend anybody, but I don't candy coat what God's Word has to say. And sometimes God, God's Word has some real strong words, and it goes against the grain of what we think as a society is right or wrong uh, in the teaching I'm going to be in, the chapter I'm going to be in uh, today. God's Word goes contrary to what we believe in this country and in this world about a lot of the things I'm going to talk about today. And again, I don't personally mean to offend anybody. 
But I'm called to preach and teach from the Word of God, and I try to rightly divide the Word. And the Apostle Paul said, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. And that's not a popular calling on any ministry, but that's part of the calling on my ministry. I want to expose the darkness. I want to, and sometimes when we look at Scripture, um, you know, God's Word is meant to encourage us and to bless us and comfort us, but sometimes it's also meant to correct us. And it's meant to correct us in a strong manner sometimes. The Bible says, Do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects. And I, I, there's times in my own life, personally, that I've needed the correction from the Lord. And thank God that he has been there to, to do that. And it always it hasn't been enjoyable. A lot of times it's been painful. But God's more concerned about our eternal destiny than he is our earthly comfort sometimes. And so sometimes God's word goes against what we think is correct in society, and you're going to hear that in this teaching today. So I'm going to be spending a lot of time in the book of Proverbs today. I'm going to be in a couple other places, but um, if you, uh, I'm going to be teaching from chapter 6 in my book. Uh, this is actually part 8 in the teaching series. I'm going to ju- I don't know how many parts this is going to be. I'm just going through the book, and the book actually has... Um, there's a final thing that says, is it too late? But the book actually has, I think it's 14 chapters. Let me just flip over and glance real quick. Uh, I think I put 14. Yep. No, 13 chapters. And then a closing chapter, uh, which is uh, final thoughts. And so I'm in chapter six of the book. Uh, I'm going to continue teaching through it. And I'm going to take a couple of minutes and just read a couple of the, the pages from this particular chapter in the book. Remember, this is this particular chapter is on a subject that um, many people may not agree with what I'm going to read, and that's okay. But I'm going to quote scripture, and if you disagree with what God's word has to say, that's really not between you and I. That's between you and God. So the name of this chapter is "Stop Your Whining." So I'm going to date myself a little bit, but many of us, if you've listened, if you're listening to the program right now, you probably remember growing up in a period where. If you were complaining or whining, as my parents used to call it, at some point, uh, my parents would say, if you want to whine, I'll give you something to whine about. And usually I knew there was something coming behind that statement. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna read, to start reading from the first couple pages of this particular chapter. And the chapter, once again, is called Stop Your Whining. So I write in the, this chapter of the book, I say, we have become a nation of whiners. Can you ever remember a time when people would get offended like they do today? It's actually mind-boggling when you sit and listen to the news. Every day, it seems there is another group that's offended by something that used to be normal, everyday life. And Jesus said it would be this way in the very last days. Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 10, And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. You tell me, is that our world today? Now, I grew up in a different America than today, and I've mentioned this already. How many of you reading this book or reading this chapter or listening to me right now uh, um, remember this scene? I'd begin to complain about something, and one of my parents would say, it would tell me to stop whining. I would continue, and then they would say, do you want something to whine about? I'll give you something to whine about. And almost always, the whining would cease immediately because I knew... I was close to getting a spanking or, you know, a whipping or some kind of correction from my parents. 
and yet we are a nation of people that whine and complain about just uh, just about everything. Um, now, here's my opinion about why we've gotten to this place, and if it offends you, <laughs> you'll be okay. The Bible gives great counsel on raising children. Now, allow me to share a couple of verses with you. In Proverbs chapter 13, and if you have your Bible, you're welcome to follow me, but if you don't have your Bible, that's okay. I always read from the New King James, and in uh, in Proverbs chapter 13, in verse 24, the Bible says, He who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. Wow, th- to me, this sounds like a good old-fashioned spanking in our world today, Many, if not most people, do not believe in spanking a child. So let me just ask a stupid question here. Are we then to assume that God got this wrong here in Proverbs? I challenge you that many of our problems today in society stem from a lack of discipline somewhere along the way. Here's another verse in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 13. Do not withhold correction from a child. For if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. You shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell. Now, let me just preface something right now. I am not for child abuse. And I'm not for physically just beating a child. That's not what this verse means. It's talking about spanking a child. Uh, You know, many of us growing up, uh, many of you listening to the program right now, probably remember sometime that your dad either said, go outside and pick a switch. Or he, uh, my my dad used to tell my brother and I, when we get in trouble, go in the bathroom and I'll be in there in a minute. He'd leave us in there for about a half hour to think about what we what we were, we had done. And my dad would come in either with a belt, or uh, he had a, a a leather thong that he used sometimes. But I knew I was getting ready to get a spanking or a whipping, whatever you want to call it. And you may think this sounds a lot like child abuse, but the verses I'm reading, folks, are the Word of God. And listen, we all need discipline from time to time, and children must learn to be disciplined. You may say, Craig, I strongly disagree with you about this, and that's okay. But I challenge you, take a look at our nation. The level of disrespect for any kind of authority, to me, as I witness it, is astounding. I mean, complaining has become an art form. And most people believe that if they complain loud enough, and they complain long enough, they'll eventually get their way. And unfortunately, most of the time, they seem to be right in our country now. Here's another verse also from Proverbs. Proverbs 29 and 15 says, The rod and rebuke give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Now, we all have seen uh, children that are allowed to do whatever they want with no discipline. And, I mean, have you ever been in a restaurant and you see kids just running wild and their parents not doing anything about it? I don't know about you, but that that bothers me to see that. Then we've also seen children who are well-disciplined and well-mannered. And that child has, has parents that, in however form, whatever fashion they do, they discipline the child. They train the child. And more times than not, that's the happiest children or children children that have some kind of discipline in, in their lives. Uh, I'm going to take my first break. I'm going to come back. I'm going to continue in Chapter 6 of my book, Stop Your Whining, 
I'm Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. We return to Stand Up For Jesus with Craig Nedro on Christian Talk Radio, The Word, 100.7 FM. Welcome back. This is Stand Up For Jesus. I'm Craig Nedro, and I'm teaching from my new book, just come out a couple of months ago called You Can't Handle the Truth, What's Really Happening in America. Uh, I'm in Chapter 6. The, the chapter is titled Stop Your Whining, and I'm talking about that in this nation, we seem to have become a nation of whiners and complainers, and we seem to complain and whine about just about everything. And so I'm taking this time to look at what, what does God's Word have to say Does God about complaining, about discipline, and I've read three verses from Proverbs about training up a child, and the last one I, I read is in uh, chapter 29 of Proverbs, verse 15, that says, The rod and rebuke give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Now, with all due respect, children don't know what's best for them. And as adults, we must train them and discipline them to know right from wrong. And if we don't, the result is a society that eventually grows up undisciplined and believes they can whine and throw temper tantrums whenever they want and get their way. Now, let me ask you, does that sound familiar to anybody else that that resembles our nation today? There are so many more verses about discipline in the Bible, but here's my point with all this. When we as a nation of people turn from God and turn from his word, so many things to begin to begin to go wrong in our country. And even as adults, we need discipline. One of my favorite life verses, and it's I, I say my favorite life verse. There was a time when it wasn't one of my favorite life verses, but but I, I lo- I've come to love this verse because I, I'm I'm a witness to it. Is in Proverbs chapter three, and let me read Proverbs chapter three. Here's what it says in verse eleven and twelve. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father the son in whom he delights. That that same uh, quote of correction is in the book of Hebrews as well, in chapter 11. You see, even as adults, sometimes we need correction in our life. And I can give personal witness that there was a point in my life where I wasn't living my life right, and I was on the wrong road. And I can stand back now and say, thank God that he, alo- that he loved me enough to, to discipline me, to bring me under his correction. It wasn't pleasant. It was a time of difficulty in my life. However, and I'm going to flip over there real quick, because in Hebrews chapter 11 that I just mentioned, listen to what it says. Because when it talks about disciplining, obviously it's not comfortable to us. But there is, a, there is a benefit to being disciplined. I'm actually going to read. It's not ch- uh, chapter 11. It's chapter 12. And listen to what it says in Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to start reading in verse 5. And it says, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. It continues. And it says, If you, are, if you endure chastening, God deals with you. As with sons, for what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, now listen, this is amazing scripture. And this, by the way, is in the New Testament. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. 
Shall we not much more be readily in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as it seemed best to them, but he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, and here's the key to chastening, nevertheless, afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. You see, folks, when I lived my life for so long in the wrong way, didn't honor God, I was just doing whatever I wanted to do, whenever I wanted to do it to whoever I wanted to do it to, God brought me under his his loving uh, arm of chastening and correction, but now my life yields fruit because I've been trained by God. I've been disciplined by God. And there's still times that God, God still, there's times when I have, when I need a correction from the Lord and he loves me enough to correct me when I need correction. I will tell you, God does not like us to complain. I'm going to read a couple more pages in my book. I say, in the Old Testament, when the nation complained about God over and over again, he eventually decided to allow that whole generation to wander in the wilderness for 40 years when the promised land was only an 11-day journey. You remember that? That's back in the book of Exodus. The people complained and complained and complained, and the Bible tells us that God let that whole generation uh, wander in the wilderness for 40 years when it was only an 11-day journey to the promised land. I'm telling you, God does not like us to complain. I'm going to quote another scripture to you from Philippians. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Let me read that again and just teach from it for a couple of minutes. It says, do all things without complaining. Is there any question what that verse means? God says, look, I, I, I don't want my children complaining about everything. Do th- Go about your day in and day out business without complaining. Stop your complaining. Stop your whining. And he says in there in Philippians 2 and 14, do all things. It pretty much covers all the things in my day in and day out life. Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God. Now listen to this. Without fall in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Folks, we are now living in the time of a perverse generation. the world is perverse. The world is lost. The world, it says, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. And I will challenge you that in America today, we are living amongst a crooked and perverse generation of people. Now, I know that's a bold statement, but God's Word tells us don't complain about everything, don't dispute about everything. Because you're, you are children of God that are living amidst a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. As Christians, we're to respond differently than the rest of the world. We're to respond differently than unbelievers. Because that's our opportunity to be the salt and the light that we've been called. My name is Craig Nedrow, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. 
more of Craig Nedro and Stand Up for Jesus on Christian Talk Radio. The Word, 100.7 FM. Welcome back. This is Stand Up for Jesus. I'm Craig Nedro. I'm teaching from my new book. I'm in Chapter 6. The title of that chapter is Stop Your Whining. And I've talked about how God does not like his children to complain and dispute and whine about things. And I challenge you that we as a nation have become a nation of people that complain and whine about everything. Now, again, I make no apologies that I'm a conservative Christian. And whether you want to call them liberals or progressives or whatever the case may be, we now live in a country where people get offended about almost anything. And they want to whine and they want to complain. And I will tell you, and I'm going to read a couple more uh, pages from from my book, um, but what I'm going to read to you now, you tell me if this sounds like our country today. Now, let me first confess that sometimes I find myself complaining and I have to check myself. We must be very careful that at some point or, or at some point uh, we can acquire what is what I call as a complaining spirit. Okay, And God hates it when his children complain about things here on earth. And you know why? Because ultimately it doesn't really matter. You see, my Bible tells me in Philippians, my citizenship is in heaven. Listen, I'm just passing through this place. So when I complain about things and when I, when I whine about things, in the big picture, why, what am I complaining about? What am I really whining about? Because if I'm just passing through this and my citizenship is in heaven, then what's going on here in the big scope of things really doesn't matter. And God, I believe, wants us to be mindful of that fact. Now, folks, if you've ever listened to my radio show, then you know I sincerely believe that we are living in the very last days before the return of Christ. I think it could happen any time. Does that mean two years, 20 years, 50 years? No one. And I repeat, no one knows that answer. However, the Bible gives us many conditions that will be prevalent in our world just before the return of Christ, and I believe the signs are everywhere. And I believe the devil is using a whining spirit in our country as part of his scheme to divide and ultimately destroy us. You know, the Bible says in Amos 3 and 3, can two walk together unless they are agreed And in my lifetime, I've never seen my country more divided and a bigger gulf between the two sides. Maybe you disagree with me here, and that's okay if you do. But I don't see any scenario where we are really going to come back together as a nation. Jesus said a nation or a kingdom that's divided against itself cannot stand. And I don't see the, the progressives or the left coming over and saying, you know what, we're going to come to our senses and we believe you guys are right on the right. We're going to agree that we need to, that we made a lot of decisions and the road wrong. We need to stop and reverse course. And I don't see conservative Christians or conservatives and um, uh, whatever you want to call them on the right. I don't see, I don't believe we can come over and say to the left, you know what, you guys are right. Wheels off. Whatever, whatever feels good, let's do it. Let's just throw off all restraint. Let's throw, let's cast off all all rules and regulations, and let's just let's just do whatever we want to do. We can't do that as conservatives, and so there is a gulf, there is a division in this country that, and it's more defined and it's stronger than any time in my lifetime that I can remember. 
And I think it's a tool that the devil is using to destroy this country from within. And really, to be honest, a whining spirit is really a self-centered spirit. When we whine and complain about things, we're basically saying that we want our way, and if we don't get our way, we're going to yell, scream, push, and make a scene until we get our way. Now, I'm going to say something, and it may offend some people. I'm not trying to offend anybody, but there's a certain method that the progressives use that exhibits this whining. And you can see it at work whenever they're on a a radio program or uh, some kind of a news program uh, with anyone with an opposing, opposing viewpoint to theirs. They make a point to talk over the other person, interrupt the other person, and get louder if need be until the other person is silenced. That's a tactic that they use to silence someone with an opinion different from their own. Now, stop and think about it. How many times have you seen uh, whatever news channel or whatever you're watching, and it'll have uh, a conservative and a progressive or whatever you want to, whatever titles you want to use? And and I I don't think I'm I think I'm impartial to this, and again you may not agree with me and that's okay, but it seems like um, when the liberal or progressive is talking, for the most part, the conservative lets them speak their mind, and then when it's turn it's time for the conservative to speak their mind and give their opinion, it seems like many 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 times the progressive or liberal is going to begin to interrupt the conservative, begin to cut him off in the middle of a sentence, begin to speak over him, begin to argue with him in the middle of what he's trying, the point he's trying to put across. And sometimes it'll get loud and it'll get more abrasive until finally the conservative is silenced. And I don't think I'm the only one that sees it and has noticed it. But this is a tactic that the left uses. And it's a tactic that the devil uses to silence the conservative voice. Now, let me tell you something. These are a a minority of people who are attempting to drag us down as a nation because they yell louder, they're relentless, and they know they can silence us if they are persistent enough. And to me, in my opinion, they're pawns for the devil, and most of them don't even know it. They're being deceived, which is another one of the signs that we are living in the very last days. I want to share another scripture with you in Timothy chapter 3. Listen to this. This is, this is a, I've, I've taught on this many times, but in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13, the Apostle Paul says, Evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Now, a couple of words in there you should know about. That word imposters in the original Greek language means seducers. In other words, they want to—and Paul says in the very end, uh, evil men and seducers. In other words, smooth talkers. They'll talk and they'll try to persuade you over to their side of thinking of things. And it says we'll become worse and worse, so this will continue to get worse and worse. And he says, and they will deceive and they will be deceived themselves. And I will challenge you, and I've, I've taught on this before. You'll hear me teach on it again. But I believe that the spirit of deception is one of the greatest tools that the devil is using right now to destroy America and to destroy our world. How do I keep from being deceived? Well, the only way I can keep from being deceived is to spend time in the Word of God. Because... God's word is true. Jesus said when he prayed to the Father, your word is truth. 
The Bible tells us in Hebrews, I'll flip over and read this. This is also an important verse I want you to listen to. Uh, It's very telling. It's about people who don't spend any time in the Word of God. But listen to what it says in the Word of in the in the book of Hebrews, in chapter five. The writer of Hebrews in verse twelve says, "For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and have come to need milk and not solid food." Now listen to what uh, the writer of Hebrews says. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. In other words, if the Word of God is true, and I don't spend any time in the Word of God, how am I able to discern the deeper things about what's good and evil, what's right and wrong? And so here the writer of Hebrews says, those who uh, spend time and get off the milk, uh, the, the the simple things of the Scriptures, and dig in and spend quality time in the Word of God, that's the solid food. And those people have their senses exercised to discern between good and evil. And I will challenge you that the devil um, has so many distractions that he has put on society now to where... People have no longer um, have the have the discernment to know between good and evil, between right and wrong. And this tactic, I'm talking about a complaining spirit, a whining spirit. We have gotten to the place in this country where it is so prevalent, and I think most people don't even really realize it. It's a tool that the devil uses to divide us, to distract us, and to destroy us from within. And I think that um, we're living in that time now where we we have been seduced, we've been led astray, and it's destroying our country from within. I'm going to take my last break and come back. My name is Craig Nedrow, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. Back to Stand Up For Jesus with Craig Nedrow on Christian Talk Radio, The Word, 100.7 FM. Welcome back. This is Stand Up for Jesus. I'm Craig Nedro. I'm teaching from chapter 6 in my book. The chapter is titled, Stop Your Whining. I've talked about um, that God doesn't like his, his children. God doesn't, he doesn't like people to have a complaining spirit. I mentioned again the story in the book of Exodus where the nation of people were complaining over and over again, and God got so fed up with it, he allowed them to wander in the wilderness for 40 days in that journey to the promised land when it was really only an 11-day journey. And I challenge you that we as a nation have got to the point point where uh, people want to complain and whine and bicker and argue about just about everything. And it's a tool that the devil is using to destroy our country, along with several other things that I'm mentioning in my book. Now, ladies and gentlemen, in my opinion, We no longer have the luxury of kicking the can down the road. We're at a point where we must confront some of these issues that I'm talking about in this book and deal with them before it's too late, if we're not already there. Now, I pray that you can feel the heartbeat that I have when I talk about these things, that that I love my country, 
but I don't recognize the great country that I grew up in. And I believe that we're in literally in a battle for the fabric of America right now. And I'm trying to be obedient to the calling that God has put on me to speak up and to speak the truth. And I know, listen, sometimes the truth hurts. I get that. I really do. But I'm genuinely trying to sound a warning here that I feel that the Lord is leading me to do. We as a nation are at a crossroads, and I don't know if it's too late. And I know many of you listening to this program feel the same way. I don't know if it's too late for us to turn back. But it just feels to me like we have lost our way in this country. We now have problems that we don't have answers for. We're more divided than we've ever been. The level of hatred has risen to levels I've never seen in my life. The level of violence in the streets. The lawlessness that is abounding. And these are all signs of the very last days that Jesus talked about. He, he said lawlessness will abound. And the love of many will grow cold. Does that not describe America today? The lawlessness is abounding. You know, I never thought I would see a day where people would call the Bible hate speech, and yet we live in that time. Isaiah 5 and 20 says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, and yet we as a nation are there. And I have kids and I have grandkids, and I'm concerned about the nation that they're going to live in. I'm concerned about the national debt that we have. I'm concerned about the the open borders that we have. I'm concerned about foreign policy. I'm concerned about uh, the the fact that we just, it seems like, like, like I said a minute ago, it seems like we've just lost our way. And it doesn't seem like we have the leaders that have the backbone and the fortitude and the wisdom to speak up and say, hey, just imagine this for a second, folks. If some leaders in our country would step up and say, folks, we're on the wrong road. And we've been on the wrong road for a while. And what we need to do right now before it's too late is stop. Just stop where we're at right now. Let's stop going down some of the crazy paths we're on right now. Let's stop the sexual immorality explosion in our country. Let's get the, the transvestites and, and the people out of the schools that are teaching our young kids. Let's stop the, the crazy progressive teachings in our schools to our kids. Let's stop so many things that we're doing right now, and let's just have a conversation. And let's pause and ask ourselves this clear question. Are we on the right road or are we on the wrong road? And then be humble enough to, if we're on the wrong road, because so many ways all of us know we are, and say, let's stop and let's turn back around. Let's get back on the right path. Let's begin to embrace God again. Let's begin to come under the authority of what God's Word has to say about what's right and what's wrong. Because, folks, I will tell you, and a lot of us know the Scripture, but it says in, in the Bible, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. We can't heal our land. We're trying and it's getting worse and worse. 
Our only hope for healing this country is Jesus Christ, and it takes a, a, a group of leaders in the country that would humbly say we're on the wrong road. Let's confess that we're on the wrong road. Let's ask the Lord to forgive us. Let's repent and turn back around and get back on the right road and ask the Lord to heal our nation. That's what we need out of our leaders. And that's the reason I wrote this book, You Can't Handle the Truth, What's Really Happening in America. I know I, I, I don't purposely do it, but I know that some of the things I teach on and some of the things I say offend people. I'm not trying to personally offend anyone. What I'm trying to do is blow, blow a, a trumpet warnings that says, listen, we have to have a conversation about where we're at as a country before it's too late. I mentioned this before. I'm going to mention it again. You're going to hear a phone number in a few minutes. If you if you want a copy of this book, I'm going to ask if you can afford it, go to Amazon or go to Barnes & Noble and order the book. Because if you buy a book, that's going to allow us to give three or four other copies away to people who can't afford it. But if you cannot afford a copy of the book and you want a copy of this book, when you hear this phone number here in a few minutes, um, text to that phone number your name and your address. And we will send you a copy of the book. But if you can afford to buy a book, I'm asking to buy the book. It, it, it supports the ministry. Every dollar from the, from the um, sales of the book go into the ministry to send Bibles into churches and prisons to support people who need it, to support ministries in Israel and support churches and ministries here in America. And so I appreciate uh, if you can afford to buy the book, buy it. If not, we'll send you one. I appreciate you tuning in. Lord willing, I'll be back next week. We'll be in Chapter 7 of my new book called You Can't Handle the Truth, What's Really Happening in America. My name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up for Jesus. You've been listening to Stand Up for Jesus with Craig Nedro, founder of Craig Nedro Ministries and Stand Up for Jesus. If you would like more information about Craig Nedro Ministries and Stand Up for Jesus, visit our website at craignedroministries.org or give us a call at area code 469-688-7615. Be sure to listen next week at this same time as we Stand Up for Jesus on Christian Talk Radio, The Word, 100.7 FM. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.